I got on this chairlift with this guy I didn't know. He went halfway up the mountain without saying a word. Then he turned to me and said, you know, this is the first time I've been skiing in 10 years. I said, yeah, why did you take such a long time off? He said, I was in jail. I said, you want to know why? He said, not really. Then I said, all right, you better tell me why. And he said, I pushed a total stranger off a Ferris wheel. I said, I remember you. Only a dollar ninety-nine buys you at Ponderosa right now. I want my MTV. Hey, Mark, the saving place. Oh, gnarly! I quit soccer to play Atari. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s. Got Woo-hoo. Kevin and Matt today. How are What's you, up? gentlemen? Great, how are you? Hello, hello. Good. Uh, how, 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 have you, how have you been? Good. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Matt? I'm doing swell. Thank you for asking. Good. And Rob? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, it, it's kind of good to see you guys together here again today. <laughs> we're are, are, Before we get started, are we all cool? Right? I think so. I think Okay, are we good? Because <laughs> I get a little nervous, you know, being with you two sometimes. I mean, why, why is that? A lot man? of times you do the setup and then he knocks it down. So, are we on? We're on the same page. Oh, I think we are. Are we friends? I think we're good tonight. Okay, then. Okay, friends then. are friends forever. It's, it's the, the Lord's Lord, Lord, Lord of them. them. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. A friend will not say never. Boom. All right. Okay, let's go. Gotcha. <clears throat> so this week we're going to be talking about our favorite comedians of the '80s. So what Sweet. we did. We went through um, and put a poll out there last week, and we wanted to know who you thought were the your favorite, who made you laugh the most in the 80s. Yes. Now, Matt and I did a podcast a few months ago about our favorite SNL characters, mm-hmm. so some of those guys are going to be mentioned here, but yep. but we went on this poll, just an independent poll of you guys. and Yeah, the answers are from the poll. If you guys don't like the top 10, I mean, it's, it's kind of on you, I mean, right? That's right. It's it's a poll by the people for the people. That's right. So That's right. if you would like, you know, comment in the section here. Are there anybody, anyone we missed? Yeah, I don't think we did. I think we got well, I mean, good. I kind of think we did, but yeah, you know, I guess we'll get into that. Yes, we will. <laughs> okay. All right. So we are going to start off just fresh out of the box at mm-hmm. number ten. Number ten. I'm going to court next week. I have been selected for jury duty. kind of an insane case. 6,000 ants dressed up as rice and robbed a Chinese restaurant. I don't think they did it. I know a few of them and they wouldn't do anything like that. So this guy, I only voted for I think three people in the poll, All right. and he's one of them. Yeah, Stephen Wright. Uh, Stephen few guys Wright. may not remember him. Very monotone, great delivery, lots of one-liners. Yes. So Kevin, you said you saw him live. Yeah, of the comedians on here, he's the only one I've ever seen live. I saw him, I believe, at the Palace Theater, and I think I went with Dean and Diana way back in the day. Um, 
And it was interesting watching the crowd react because there was always a pause after you tell a joke, like, mm-hmm. oh, now I get it. And then there, there'd be like that pause and then the laughter. Um, and his delivery was different than anybody on this list. And it also, like, a lot of comedians will tell stories, it'll, it'll kind of weave together. He tells a, lot, a joke and then tells another joke. They have nothing to do with each other. Just right. completely different style, but it worked for him. Yeah, I think his, yeah, his, his delivery is so unique to just himself. I mean, a lot of these guys, everyone, everyone's kind of got like a shtick. Yeah. You know, something that they do that no one else does or that they do better than other people. Yeah. And But his, it's like, you know, he, he's not smashing watermelons. He's not cussing <laughs> up a storm. He's, he's not, not being vulgar. No respect. No. He, no. He's, he is, he's monotone. He's no almost zero inflection. He just and it, the one liner is like a five, six, seven second thing. Yeah. There's a pause, and then everyone's going, oh, and they crack up. I mean, <laughs> and, and it's just so good. Get, mm-hmm. You got some examples, right? I mean, yeah. Every, everyone's got Stephen Wright examples. Yeah. So, on the on the list here, <laughs> there's this list I found on the internet of of, of uh, Stephen Wright one liners. I intend to live forever. So far, so good. I mean, come on. Come on. How do you tell when you're out of invisible ink? <laughs> I'd kill for a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? And, and the, the thing is, he doesn't sit, because like, a lot of comedians will maybe not laugh at their own, some will laugh at their own jokes. Others will play off what the crowd gives them. His delivery is the same. If you're cracking up, Rolling in the aisles, Same thing. he doesn't crack a smile. No. If one of his jokes bombs, doesn't crack a Moves smile. On the just next goes one. on to the next. Right. So he he's just he's just great, dude. Yeah, he's he's. Well, what's the one you were saying? You remember? Uh, one he said was, uh, "I want to get a tattoo of myself all over my body, only taller." <laughs> <laughs> just, another one was. Uh, he said, "I have the world's largest seashell collection, and it's scattered across the beaches around the world." So he just. Oddball things that's like, oh, you know, I, don't know. I, I, I like the humor. I yeah. thought it was and, and, and so I, unique. I mean, I've always been attracted to the storytellers. I, I like this. I like the funny ones that just tell the story that just you know the pulls you setup. in. Yeah, I love that. But but this guy is like the polar opposite of that. Yeah. But it's you just you can't listen to him without laughing. I mean, he's just so funny. I, I he's number ten, but I mean, I, I probably would have had him a little higher in the list. Oh, I would too. He is great. Yeah, he's great. Stephen uh, Wright. Yeah, so he is originally from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, he uh, he's, he's one of four children. Not you guys don't care much about his life, but uh, I mean, he, he's so funny. What happens if you're if you get half scared half to death twice? <laughs> I spilled spot remover on my dog. Now no, he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, you oh, knew oh, that oh, one. Yes, yeah. that's, that's another word for thesaurus. Because oh, so we've said that before. That yeah. came from him. So, all so right. So good. yeah, he's number ten. Um, love him. Uh, but we're going to move right along to number nine. I mean, that's the story of my life. No respect. I don't get no respect at all. Are you kidding? at all. Well, when I was born, the doctor told my mother I did all I could, but he pulled through anyway, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't get no respect from anyone. Well, last week, my house was on fire. My wife told the kids, be quiet, you wake up daddy. This guy, I remember 
my earliest memories of Rodney Dangerfield was him doing his stand-up routine on Johnny Carson. And he, I mean, he killed it. I mean, his whole thing was no respect. He'd come out there, he's an old guy with the bug eyes, exaggerated expression. Usually got a suit and tie on. Yeah. No, he's adjusting the yeah. tie. And no respect. No, no respect. No respect, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... It segued into movies. Back to School was was one of my Back favorites. Back to School was a it, great. It was no Caddyshack. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but but dude, yeah, to see him to go from that old guy, you know, take my wife, please, you know that that whole yeah. kind of a. Then to see him doing like the backflips off the diving board. I'll, I'll just <laughs> doing the triple the triple Lundy or whatever they call yeah. it. That was the funniest thing. I, I just I just loved it. Wait, he um, he was born in 1921 and. Village of Babylon, Dude, he'd be Texas. Years old right now. He would be a hundred. So wow. when when I he was doing Caddyshack, he was almost sixty years old. Wow! And he was hitting the prime of his career. Wow. Like he only went up from there. It's like you wait that long to really hit, to hit yeah. and then boom. But yeah, back in the sixties and seventies was you know he was a big star. He did a lot of Las Vegas stuff. Um, his. Um, he just he's just amazing. He had a lot of influence on people as well. He had a comedy club in New York called Danger Fields. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of up and coming people from New York went through there. Um, so yeah, he definitely had a big influence on people. Now, of course, we mentioned he was did stand up. He did movies. He also was a singer, if you remember, or what? at least a rapper. Tell yes, me he more. Was. Oh, that's funny. You've never heard this. Tell me more. Hold on a second. I tell you all right now, but last week I was in rough shape. I don't get a break with nothing. I played hide and seek when I was three. No respect, no respect. Why they wouldn't even look for me? No respect, no respect. I was an ugly kid, I never had fun. No respect, no respect. They took me to a dog show and I won. What's the matter, Rodney? Ah, death, where is my sting? It's just rap and Rodney. Confession time. I bought that record. Here we Did go. You? Did yes. you? I had the 12 inch single, which is basically him doing that for about eight minutes. And just on a part of his stand up, he's just, he just put a drum beat behind it, have some cool background singers, and you got, you got a hit. That's funny. I've forgotten all about that. That's good. You know, I think in the 80s, just about every comedian had some kind of a song or something. Something. Just something. something. All right, so that was our number nine uh, comedian. We're just getting warmed up. Number eight. I didn't know you wanted to get involved with the discussion, Mr. Helper. But since you want to help, maybe you can help me, Okay. You remember that thing we had about 30 years ago called that Korean conflict? Yeah, where we failed to achieve victory. How come we didn't cross the 38th parallel and push those rice eaters back to the Great Wall of China and take the first brick brick and nuke them back into the fucking Stone Age River? How come? Tell me why? Say it! Say it! Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison. Yes. Uh, Memorable. Memorable for sure. Uh, I thought he kind of annoyed me. Just he just so loud and in your face all the time. Yeah. Uh, his stand-up was kind of funny <clears throat> if, if you see it once, 
But then when you realize that that's his whole shtick every time is yeah. him screaming, like he is the polar opposite of Stephen Wright. Oh, polar, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I dug him. I, I I thought he was, I thought he was stupid funny. I mean, he just you know the trench coat and the hat or beret usually or something like that was his kind of his little moniker there he'd always yeah. wear and uh, but the, the shouting what 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 movie was it he was the teacher back to back school, to school. Back to, is yeah, it back with school? Rodney yeah. Dangerfield, yeah. yes dude that was hilarious my concern I always had with him was so many of his jokes were sacrilegious I was afraid I was going to get hit by lightning listening to his yeah, stand up yeah <laughs> I mean, he, yeah it, you're right it's like he was a pastor, yeah, his, at least an evangelist. He was a preacher of some sort. Yeah, his, his dad was a pastor, Pentecostal pastor. Then he preached from age 17 to 24. He was a preacher. Went to like a little Bible school and everything and preached. And, and his brother said what about him? His brother said that he had, had no, no stage presence. No stage presence as, as a preacher. Never made much money preaching. Um, <laughs> couldn't pay the bills and went to comedy. So pretty well. Interesting. He had no stage presence. Yeah. Ironic. That too, yeah. Yeah. Developed it somewhere. Which, along which, the way. which, to me, he still has no stage presence. He just screamed, but and, I, and that went over. Like people thought that in your face thing was so funny. Which I mean, granted, funnier than I am, but yeah. it, it's it's him just that delivery just always kind of. Huh. Yeah. He he hit some he hit some uh, pretty. Mature topics. Uh, he, he he didn't back away too much from some of the content he would share, but yeah, he was he was to say he was over the top was, is is an understatement. But you know, the shouting, it's just I don't know the way he did it. His face would get all red, and he was just so angry. They said he was angry. A lot of his anger come from the fact that was, you know his mom and dad got divorced when he was like eleven, and all he dealt with his struggles or whatever. Yeah. But uh, the the sad thing about Kennison was. The way he died. I mean, he was. Well, you, you, how old was he? Do you remember that? How old he was? I think he was thirty-four. I I, can't, I don't remember for sure. He, he was, was. He was pretty young. He yeah. was young in the prime. He, he just. Uh, he just got married. I mean, he, he was married, divorced. He was thirty-eight. His career is taking off. He just gets married. He said five days before he dies, and uh, he was on. He just came back from Hawaii. He's on his way to a sold-out sh- concert. And he was driving his Trans Am, it said, and he, he, he uh, a drunk driver, seventeen-year-old drunk driver, uh, passed him, went around, hit him head on. Totally, it was a victim. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't his fault, and uh, he, he died. And, and something about his death scene. What would what, you read about the? Yeah, his brother said that when it happened, he, he was he was conscious, and he's looking off in the distance talking to somebody and he's like I don't want to go I don't want to go and uh, then he's kind of like he said he was kind of like pausing listening to the you know the response and he's like yeah okay I have to go and then and then he died and, and he died that's trippy. pretty yeah pretty creepy I mean having like a, the, the the preaching background right, and right. then have like that moment where they said they kind of felt like he was talking to God or talking to an angel of some kind or whatever but yeah that, that's uh, that, that's that's such a shame, you know, to have someone that was had such a promising future and career right, right in front of them, and have it taken away. N- not, you know, it, it's different than it wasn't like a drug overdose. It wasn't a drunken stupor. It wasn't his fault. I mean, to have his life taken away 
and to be a victim of a crime uh, just sucks. You know, yeah. I mean, that yeah. really sucks. Yeah. And, and the fact that the dude who killed him got like no punishment whatsoever, which is yeah. even worse. But man, yeah. terrible, terrible. Crazy. Wonder if the and the kid was seventeen that hit him. I wonder if he like had been eighteen and like an adult, or if he would have got more severe punishment. Yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah. it, it, he got like no jail time, uh, probation, three hundred hours community service, yeah. lost his driver's license for two years. Yeah, I mean, are you pretty, kidding me? That's a slap on the wrist. I mean, here we we're talking about Sam Kennison, you know, forty years after this, and and you know, the guy that took him out, you know, got slapped on the wrist. That's yeah. that's crazy. That's right. That's a shame. But yeah, I. Crazy, loud, I think funny. Yep. Rob's not. He, he, Rob's not a fan. No. Rob's not a fan. He did give us this uh, this this little gem though. Back in 1988, he also made a record. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, he was dating Jessica Hahn at the time. Of course. So she was in the video slithering around a la Tawny Katane the whole time, and um, he did a cover of the Trogs song "Wild Thing." Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so Steven Tyler and Joe yes. Perry from Aerosmith were in the video. Slash from Guns N' Roses. Billy Idol was in it. Oh, C.C. Wow. DeVille from Poison. Oh, wow. Richie Sambora from Bon Jovi. All of these guys that he had become friends with and hung out with were all in this video with him. So here's just, just a little snippet of, of Wild Thing. Wild Thing, I think you movement. But I want Okay, I gotta confess, I have not heard that song since probably it was it was out. I like that song, dude. I love <laughs> that, that was song. Awesome. That was good. If, if you see the video, it's like a who's who of hair band oh my metal it's, guys. It's an all star '80s video, yeah. hands down. It is a who's who. If you are cool in the '80s, oh man, I love that. Yeah, that's great. So so good. Just. So here's here's kind of a thing. If if you're just listening to the podcast and you don't go to our Facebook page, first of all, check it out. Lots of cool stuff there. We have one thousand nine hundred ninety six members. Yeah, yeah, we need four more four more people, right? Yeah. Now by the time this airs, we may have that four. But, but if not, it, either way, go out go out and invite a friend. Just invite one friend. If we get four of you guys to invite a friend. We're guaranteed, guaranteed. to break two thousand. Yes. Come on. Share share the magic that's happening. I mean, is that asking right. too much? Is that asking too much? I don't think it I don't is. Think it is. So on the living in the eighties, um, we have a few administrators. We each kind of take turns of doing um, song of the day, which is you know an eighties song that we all know, and then we then we do like a hidden gem of the day. So this may be an eighties song that either forgot about or maybe you never heard in the first place because it's a little obscure. Just depending on. Who's you know playing VJ that day? So right now Kevin is doing it, and uh, he's been doing like songs with the same title, and we're voting every day. Mm-hmm. Like the first one out of the gate was Sarah. Oh, that's like, great by uh, Starship and by Fleetwood Mac, right. which was the hardest for me because yeah. I love 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 both of those songs. I voted for Fleetwood Mac mm-hmm. just narrowly, just right. the, the thinnest of margins. Right. If, if you ask me next week, I might say the Starship one's better. I don't know. Right. But uh, 
tell tell them what we're going to do this Saturday or or today. Well, the, yes, it's going out. So yeah. today's vote will be for Wild Thing, Tone Loke, and Sam Kinison. So yeah, we we put together this list of songs that had the same title, and then we were just playing this Wild Thing song, and Rob's like, "Wait a second, what about Tone Loke? <laughs> yeah, we can add that to the pot, you know, to the to the well, Tone Loke to the is, vote, is so. way more popular. If you're just a casual, everyone's heard the Tone Loke Wild. Thing. Yeah. everyone's heard that. Yeah, I doubt many have heard this version here. But I'm guaranteed, if you watch the video, right, if you watch this video, the Tone Loke video, and you got to pick, if you're picking Tone Loke after this, I mean, if you watch this video. We automatically know that if Tone Loke gets at least one vote, That's a lie. that person did not watch, <laughs> he did not watch the, same the video or video. listen to the songs. It's there is just no way that could happen. too funny. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's just too funny. Yeah, so Sam Kennison. Not my favorite, but that song I think is etched it's, it's in eighties eighties crazy culture history. So. Man, it's so good. All right, so uh, we're gonna take a, a quick break, real quick, and we're gonna be right back with uh, the rest of our top ten. And now a word from our sponsors. Thank you for listening to Living in the Eighties. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TunedIn Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livinginthe80s.us and, of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show. Number 7. So, you know, my kidneys feel a lot better in this position. Maybe it's just that I'm not doing any calisthenics. You know, if I did some sit-ups in the morning or bent over like this, I'd probably feel... 100% but Moon River. Whew. Thank you, Doc. You ever serve time? Breathe easy. Breathe easy. Uh, you using the whole fist, Doc? I know you guys are disappointed that Chevy Chase does not have a comedy song. Oh, darn it. That guy. Shoot. So disappointing. Man. <laughs> so you guys listen at home. What happens is when, when we do these little things, I've got to stop, upload the song, edit it down to a little part, and then plug it into what we're doing mm-hmm. and it takes it takes you know about five or ten minutes usually really five so, or ten minutes <laughs> well then when you start talking stuff like, hey click on this video while you're at it well so. we gotta do something to pass the time that's right so <laughs> so that, that's kind of what it is there so Chevy Chase um we know him from Saturday Night Live yeah um one of my favorite guys just back in back in the 70s and 80s I don't think there were many funnier than Chevy Chase. The, the Pratt Falls, the his delivery, the one-liners, just well, the vacation yeah, movies. To, to be fair, we didn't say stand-up comics. We said no, we did comedians, right? So I, I guess in the list he, he was full of you know comedy. You know, I guess he would be yeah. a comedian, and uh, so and he is one of the funniest of the funnies of the funniest of the funniest. Yeah. Well, his few tirades that he had in Christmas Vacation oh. and the original Vacation. Kind of Sam Kinison yeah. style of just yes. having a complete yeah. meltdown. Where's uh, the time <laughs> now? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he was great. And, and uh, 
Three Amigos, which I know wasn't a huge movie, but it's kind of a cult classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They played off each other so well. So yeah, he's he's awesome. Yeah, but Chevy Chase did have a stand-up career. He used to he did a couple HBO specials back in the day. Yeah, and so he you know he he did that and you know just his some people just know what people are going to laugh at. He's one of those. And there's yeah. a, there's a few guys on this list that just know. They just instinctively get it. If if they're doing something not funny, they'll switch gears real quick. Because I mean, there were SNL skits. If you go back and watch some of that old stuff, where a skit may not be going as as planned, not getting the laughs they wanted, and the, he has the ability to kind of switch that and turn directions on a dime. Which yeah. is one of the things I always appreciated about him. Uh, some guys just can't do that. He uh, he he just has good. Uh, comedic presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think whether it be like the improv stuff or even just, even just the way he converses and talks, it, not trying to be funny, it's just funny. Even like the way like when he's calling for his kid, you know, Russ, here, Dad. It, just that whole. <laughs> I mean, just the way he just talks. Yeah, his comic timing. Uh, yeah. In Fletch, for instance, mm-hmm. he has so many funny one-liners. It just kind of like almost under his breath, he says mm-hmm. them, but it's, it's hilarious. So. Yeah. I, I used to love him doing Gerald Ford. Didn't look SNL. like him at didn't all. Didn't look like him. No, didn't no. sound like him. They just you just knew it was supposed to be Gerald, Gerald Ford, Ford. Yeah. which is hilarious because you look at these SNL guys like now they look like exactly you know like Phil like Hartman him. did Ronald Reagan right. and and um, Jay Farrow and um, Fred Fred Armisen both did Obama, right. but like they do like a lot of work to try to make them like that. Alec like, Baldwin looked like Trump. He did. He did. Which is sad because he hated him yeah, so much. No. But uh, yeah, th- those were fun. Like Will Ferrell doing George, George, Bush. George Bush was hilarious because, yes. like Chevy Chase, didn't look like him. Not even close. Right. Not even close. So funny. So it's funny. But yeah. So uh, what's your what's your favorite Chevy Chase role? Oh man. I mean, I, I think all, all of the vacations. I, I'm going to go right to the vacations. Obviously, Christmas vacation, but the Wally World. I mean, he has different kids in every movie, which is even funnier. It's the same <laughs> yes. kids, but they're different actors every time. I, I love that character of Clark Griswold. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just... I agree. It's the, it's I the agree. main one, but I, I can't... I, you like to have something obscure and cool, but he's just such a funny Clark. Yeah, man. I, I would have to agree. Um, my, my next favorite would be Ty Webb in Caddyshack. Oh, oh yeah. So good. So just, I mean... Again, you've got all of these comedians in this movie, and not really fighting for time, but each putting in their, you know, clocking in, doing their day's work. Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, how it was just really a movie that was just kind of uh, filmed in bits and just kind of spliced together, but it flowed. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. just him doing that, that role, just his interaction with the other people, the classic scene with him and Bill Murray. Um, just it's just good stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So very worthy of, of our number seven, which um, very much so. brings us to to number six. Number six. Why do you feel you have to pass for someone with twenty twenty vision when you're blind as a bat? I don't feel I have to pass. Yes, you do. It's a sickness in your brain, just like if you were trying to pass for white. You mean I'm not white? Oh, sit down. This is a scandal. What do you mean? I'm not white. Why didn't you tell me this before? You're my own sister. Tell him, Wally. Goodness gracious, do you know a lot of adjustments have to be made? 
have to cancel the swimming lesson. What are the guys at the club going to say? I'm not why. Oh, it feels like it. <laughs> ah! Goodness gracious, that's your right. Lord, help me. Does Dad know? So I think of this guy, um, Richard Pryor. To me, he seems like more of a 70s guy. Um, you know, just I remember him more from the 70s and his stand-up, and he would be on SNL some. Uh, like, I remember all of that. But, you know, in the 80s, he did the movies with Gene Wilder and stuff. And, that was, yeah. And, I mean, he was a, definitely a funny guy. He's another guy that, that really got it, I think. So he, he definitely hit it big in the 70s. And er, into the early 80s, he was still doing stand-up very successful. He had, oh, yeah. he had the Live on Sunset Strip, which came out in 82, and Here and Now came out in 83, which were two really big uh, stand-ups, well-known stand-ups, and uh, he influenced so many people. I know Dave Chappelle and Eddie Murphy were influenced by him. Yeah. Um, and he's... Now, granted, it wasn't all just based on the 80s, but just of all time, Comedy Central has him listed as the greatest stand-up comedian of all time. Oh, wow. And so does Rolling Stone. So, I mean, he's... But he he's not just... <laughs> The eighties. He's the seventies oh, no. and yeah, the eighties. Yeah, so. he, he he was very very huge into the eighties. There's no question. Yeah, about he's it. more like you know, like like him and he's on the Mount Rushmore, if you will. He, right? He was, we haven't seen the phrase Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Well, guys him and two or three two guys, or other guys would be the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. But but he is. He, he's a pioneer. He's. He's he's the he's the one that people compare themselves to. Like yeah. you said, they, they they emulate his style. He's just yeah. uh, he's just crazy funny. Yeah. Well, I think he's he was very much a trailblazer, which is probably why I think of him more. Like my immediate thoughts go to his his stuff in the seventies. Um, him and George Carlin were like two guys that were they were like the. A and A1, or 1 and 1A, like the two funny guys of that era. Yeah. And, uh, and and then when the 80s came, a lot of other guys started kind of emulating their style. And, gotcha. and it, it was much more of a landscape, but so yeah. which is probably why I, I think of him that way. But, I mean, he, he won five Grammy Awards for his comedy albums. Wow. 74, 75, 76, 81, and 82. Uh, he also won an Emmy Award. So he's... He's definitely uh, celebrated Co- comedians today. Um, you, you can see in their deliveries, they you know kind of we, we we talk about the history of rock and roll, going back to like Elvis and Chuck Berry and those guys, and all of these stars today and throughout the years are like standing on their shoulders. Right. Well, comedians today are standing on Richard Pryor and Absolutely. George Carlin's yeah. shoulders just because of how they they change stand. Yeah. Um, back back in the you know the Las Vegas days and and those kind of lounge style yeah. comics they they, they had a completely edge. different delivery yeah. than these guys so yeah and, and it's sad I mean he he died when he was sixty five mm-hmm. you know a heart attack I think it was and, and he had multiple heart attacks through the last yeah. but it, and it was just so sad because I mean sixty five is obviously longer than Candison's thirty eight but. 65 is still young to go. I mean, it's yeah. too young to die like that. And uh, and he seen, he did seem kind of frail. And, he lived he the aged. hard life. Yeah. Well, the- that, and he had that, that incident where, like, he caught on fire. He set himself on fire. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was just, what the heck? So, yeah. 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 Very strange. Very strange. So, um, yeah, that was, um, that was number six. He brings right. us to, guess what? 
Number five. Number five. It's number five. We're in the top five. Here we go. Number five. Hey, gang, come on. Look, it just because we're losing doesn't mean it's all over. Cut the crap, Morty. I mean, the Mohawks have beaten us the last 12 years. They're going to beat us again. That's just the attitude we don't need, Phil. Sure. Mohawk has beaten us 12 years in a row. Sure, they're terrific athletes. They've got the best equipment that money can buy. Every team they're sending over here has their own personal masseuse. Not masseur, masseuse. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Do you know that every Mohawk competitor has an electrocardiogram, blood and urine tests every 48 hours to see if there's any change in his physical condition? Do you know that they use the most sophisticated training methods from the Soviet Union, East and West Germany, and the newest Olympic power, Trinidad Tobago? But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I tell you, it just doesn't matter. 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 so far over our heads that our noses bleed for a week to ten days, even if God in heaven above comes down and points his hand at our side of the field, even if every man, woman, and child held hands together and prayed for us to win, it just wouldn't matter because all the really good-looking girls would still go out with the guys from Mohawk because they got all the money. Bill Murray. So another guy not known for his stand-up. Um, we first met him on SNL, even though he come from Second City TV. Um, hilarious guy. Uh, lots of roles in movies and stuff. He even won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, Bill Murray? Guys? Dude, I, I love I love Bill Murray. I think he's just got that. Uh, what is it? The sarcastic. Uh, he's just the, kind of the hard nose, but just a, but so funny. Do you guys see Mr. Vincent? I have not. No, no. dude, that's. Uh, I just saw it on. I think, I think Prime. I think I saw it on Prime the other day, and, and it's it's like a, a smaller movie. You know, not not a not a big thing, but dude, that's it's just classic Bill Murray, man. Just mm-hmm. good stuff. What you? So, so uh, you just asked about Chevy Chase. Who's your favorite Bill Murray character? <sighs> Probably Tripper in uh, Meatballs. Oh, you going back to Meatballs? Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, because so much of what he did in that movie was ad libbed. It was a low budget film made in Canada, which made it even lower budget. Because uh, <laughs> you know, it, a lot of movies were made up there. They could um, do it for cheaper. But, yeah. yeah. What, what about you, Matt? Uh, I mean, I, I probably one of his classics. I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of hard to, to look past Ghostbusters or Groundhog Day. I mean, Groundhog Day, I thought. Was, I mean, I, I I still watch it every year. I mean, I just 
I, I watch it every year. I, I love that. Um, Stripes, I think, is just too daggone funny. And, and seriously, and this Mr. Vincent, uh, Saint Vincent is what it is. You should watch it. It's, it's a feel-good movie. And, and when, when they roll the credits at the end, it's probably like one of my favorite four minutes of Bill Murray ever. <laughs> you, you should just, if you just watch the movie, go to the last credits and just watch the last four minutes. Too funny. Okay. To check it out. What's, what your, what's you? your favorite? I would say Stripes. Um, Stripes. Which I'm, I'm kind of surprised nobody said Caddyshack because yeah. that character. I love it. So oh, he would be, yeah. That would be my second favorite one, and Stripes would be my third. There you go. That's yes. fair. Yeah, he just kind of created a character for that movie. And, Dude, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, he did. <laughs> the, that's... the crazy groundskeeper. Ad libbed a lot of his lines in there, but uh, yeah, but, but Stripes was just so funny. He was just yeah. the down on the luck guy that. Somehow has success in the army. Uh, good stuff. Well, you know they are making another Ghostbusters movie, but what? but not an all women one. <laughs> like our the, the surviving guys that are left will be in it, along with Paul Rudd. Really, Paul oh, Rudd's really? one of my very oh, favorite. So He's about our age. Yeah. He kind of gets gets yeah. us. So yeah, they've uh, doing comes out this, comes up this summer. No, wait, I got some yeah. Ghostbusters cereal the other day. I saw Shut that. It's yeah. pretty good. I love sugary cereal. I think I've said that on here before. Who loves it? I ain't afraid or ashamed. I wonder why it was suddenly back out. Now I know why. That's why. Yeah. I did not so, know that. Yeah, check out the trailer. Did it have Stay Puft marshmallows in it? It's got little marshmallows. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, in, in fact, in the trailer, Paul Rudd is, is like in a grocery store, and there's a little Stay Puft bag that comes open. That's how you know it's a Ghostbuster movie. He's looking at it. He looks closer. And, like, I can't remember what exactly happens, but I think the marshmallow, like, bites him or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, check that out. Um, Definitely. You know, all that you 80s aficionados great. that have an appreciation. I know that one they made with um, uh, Melissa McCarthy and I think, um, I don't know, I can't remember them all now. The, the blonde from SNL. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember. Uh, Kate that. McKinnon. Kate yeah, McKinnon. Kate McKinnon was yeah, in it. Leslie yeah. Jones was in it. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. It was bad. It was bad. It was they gave it to me free on uh, Voodoo, and I I watched it once, and that's enough. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have um, anything else on Bill Murray before we move on? He's just great. He's, He's great. awesome. We Let's move him. on. All right. That brings us to number four. Number four. Isn't that a happy sound? When you're with me, it's like being at Shakey's Pizza all the time. You're like... <laughs> I think, I think people who are out of work, instead of giving them money, we should give them a banjo, because it's so happy. They can just go home and, did you get a job today, dear? Nope. <laughs> Doesn't matter, though. <laughs> Sing along, kids. Steve Martin. Uh, I think I would also put him in that 70s kind of category, too, because that's where I first heard of him. Mm-hmm. He was doing his stuff on SNL, the wild and crazy guy, the the whole, um, his stand-up was very stand-up unique. Was huge. Yeah. Was King We're, Tut. King oh, Tut. Was, oh, yeah. my gosh. We, we need to listen to little King Tut. Oh, here. Way to go, Kevin. Way to go. Now, if I'd known that line up just to see him, I'd take it all my
So I had this friend, his name was Andy Collins. He goes by Drew now, he's a pastor. But he used to he used to try to emulate Steve Martin all the time. Mm-hmm. He was funny. He did a good job. So yeah, whenever I hear King Tut now, <clears throat> I, I think of Andy. There it is. So yeah, shout out to Andy. But uh, yeah, we were. Uh, I think we we look at him because I mean he had a very successful acting career mm-hmm. after you know the seventies were over. Like throughout the eighties, most people know him for his movies. Yeah, like. Uh, Ro- Roxanne, uh, Roxanne, the jerk, the jerk. Oh, that's like oh my most... goodness! Like planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, Three Amigos. Three Amigos, another classic. He was the sadistic dentist. It was a small part, oh, but in Shuffle Horse. Shuffle Horse. Yes. yes. And we talked about comedies from the eighties a few weeks ago, and Parenthood was on there. And we're like, what's yeah. Parenthood? Well, Steve Martin was in it. So, yeah. Right. And um, Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride. Yeah, he was yeah. in that one. But he was also was he's still alive. He's also an accomplished bluegrass musician. He plays a banjo, and he's very good. He's won he's won five Grammy awards and nominated for several more. One, two, three, yeah. four, five others. Yeah. yeah. So he's a very talented dude. He is somebody like all the guys on this list. I think he is the one guy that I would just like to sit down and just like yeah kick it with and just talk. I mean, just because he's so well rounded, the acting, the comedy, the music, and stuff. So, yeah. So, favorite favorite Steve Martin role? Go. Hmm. Shoot. Oh, for me, it would have to be Three Amigos. Um, Mm -hmm. The three of those played off each other so well, and I think it was Steve Martin that said that was the most fun he ever had on the set. Maybe it was Chevy Chase that said that, but he said that was the most fun they'd ever had on the set. Just the three of them hanging out and. I can imagine what that would have been like. Oh, right? Yeah, so. yeah. <clears throat> I, I would say planes, trains, and automobiles. I just love that movie, and I, I think his to. character is just—it's perfect. Yeah. It's just perfect. For I love that. it. Yeah. Mine's definitely the jerk. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> when when that movie came out, I like memorized the yeah, lines. It was like, all I need is this paddle ball and this <laughs> remote control and this chair. <laughs> And this thermos. Yeah. That's all I need. I don't need you in my life. Oh my gosh. I'm just I'm just losing it watching that's, that. So, that's so Steve funny. Martin, I just and it's it's he's got he's one of those guys, he's done serious roles and stuff. Right. But when I see him, he, just his he's face makes me laugh. Yeah. It's like he, he's gonna say something funny now, isn't he? Because yeah. he always does. So all right. So yeah, he is um one of our favorites and uh mm-hmm. That means we've only got a couple more left, gentlemen. Okay, here we go. Where are we at? So we are up to number three. Number three. A lot of these cultural crimes I've been complaining about can be blamed on the baby boomers. Something else I'm a little tired of hearing about. The baby boomers. Whiny, narcissistic, self-indulgent people with a simple philosophy. Give me it, it's mine! Give me that, it's mine! These people were given everything. Everything was handed to them. And they took it all, took it all. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and they stayed loaded for 20 years and had a free ride. But now they're staring down the barrel of middle-aged burnout, and they don't like it. They don't like it, so they've turned self-righteous. And they want to make things hard on younger people. They tell them, abstain from sex. Say no to drugs. As for the rock and roll, they sold that for television commercials a long time ago. So this one kind of surprises me. Uh, George Carlin. Yeah. uh, Like I mentioned before, 
I see him as a 70s comedian. I don't remember him so much in the 80s. I remember him in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. And I know he was doing his stand-up throughout the 80s. But um, I, you know, he was, I think it, he was at his height of popularity more in the 70s. Do would, would you guys agree? Or? Yeah, I would agree with that. He, he did have a couple stand-up specials in the early, early 80s. But, like, when he was in... Bill and Ted's, I was thinking, oh, there's that guy that used to be famous a long time ago, right? Yes. He's finally got some work again. So, I mean, if you're talking one of the greatest of all time, I would definitely say, yeah, but if you're talking one of the greatest in the 80s, I don't know that I would list him that high. Um, but, yeah, he was certainly influential. Yeah, yeah he, he was one of the, he's so thought-provoking. He's like one of the intellectual comedians to me. I mean, it's like, uh, he just, he's smart. It kind of reminds me of, like, um, the newer era of like uh, not like Dennis Leary, but like the the people that just kind of make you think, and they're hard, they're sharp. They feel like they you feel like they know stuff. I mean, these guys yeah. they're they, not just bringing you stupid sticky comedy, but it's like they're smart. It's like smarter than just comedians. Yeah, like these guys yeah. are maybe well read. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, very intelligent. So if you guys haven't heard it, not that I'm encouraging such behavior. <laughs> But when he does his seven dirty words routine, yeah. mm. that's his famous. Oh my gosh, it's yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's extru- like we won't play it on here. This is a family. <laughs> uh, this is a family um, uh, show here. But it, it, it's it's uh, it's pretty good. He it's was even funny. he was arrested seven times for doing that routine. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's that. Imagine that. that. But so yeah, he. Uh, Again, you can't talk a lot about him just because he's mostly a stand-up comedian. Not a lot of movies are characters, so Bill and Ted's like the one foray into movies. I know he's in several others, but none that really comes to mind. So, so he uh, somehow was our number three. There it is. Number two. Good morning, Vietnam! Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Is that me or does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Viva Da Nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me, Da Nang me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, is it a little too early for being that loud? Hey, too late. So number two, loved this guy, Robin Williams. Oh, man. Oh, he just, again, like Steve Martin, he just, he got it. He gets people. He can um, just everything. He's so but, funny. But he He's shocking. He's shocking to me because when he came on the scene as a comedian, stupid funny, over the top, crazy, energetic, crazy fast. And, and like he got, we, we told the story about him getting the job, getting the gig for Mork for Mork. Yeah. Uh, was because, you know, it was Gary Marshall or whatever mm-hmm. saw him. Saw a stand-up. Saw a stand-up and, like, just put him on on the set just like that. I mean, it wasn't like a big uh, interview process. It wasn't a big competition. It was like, no, we're putting that guy on, on the TV set. He's, he's too funny. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and he went, so he went from this out of control. And, and all the, so much of that show was ad-lib. I mean, it's just, let's just film what he does and we get what we get. And you know what? You really have to give it up to Pam Dauber. Oh, yeah. Who... The straight person. Yes, yeah, sure. she had to be straight to him and not lose her composure and How play along with his been. weird rants. Yeah. And, yeah. No, 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 no. It's, I, I think when people 
see those straight characters like Dean Martin always would do it to Jerry Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like these guys were just comedic geniuses. They don't get the, going they don't get the creds, right? Like, like you don't realize what they have to go through as well alongside this right. talent. And and knowing you're not the spotlight. Right. You know, Robin you're with Robin freaking Williams here. Like right. he's just gonna be himself. So. so did did anybody have the the rainbow suspenders with the little yeah. arrow? Okay, I did. I did. You did. I, I did. Just, I, did you ever? Yep. Wow. Sure did. Had, okay. had so they had like the finger pointing? Had the on finger it? pointing. Yeah. yeah, I had no, it. So two of the three in this basement have had those, and you did not. Well, two out of three doesn't make it right. Okay. <laughs> so Kevin, did you have the arrow through the head or the rabbit ears like Steve Martin? No, or I didn't have nothing? that either. Wow. Well, maybe I one. missed out. Maybe I should yeah. go get them now. Are you sure? They still pop. You should. <laughs> go into the joke store. Hey, do you have any of those arrows <laughs> through the head? <laughs> get yeah, your time yeah. machine, go back. And the store is actually called the joke store. <laughs> um, but yeah. when when I saw him, the first time I ever saw him was on Mork and Mindy. Mm-hmm. And I just thought he's created this character that's really kind of odd because he's from out of space. And then when I saw a stand up, I'm like, no, he's just an oddball mm-hmm. that was playing. So. It wasn't that he. It was like him. It was just him being Bork. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that was kind of interesting to see. Well, I, I think you know, watching him from Mork to his last, you know, whether it be like you know, like Patch Adams or what, or some of his yeah. later movies, to watch that transformation where he goes from this chaotic, crazy, stupid, silly guy to. You know, Captain, my Captain, and you know all the movies that oh, he's had over the years. Oh, he's a Goodwill Hunter, right? Yeah, that was insane. Oh my goodness, what a gripping role! Well, just just like in um, Carpe Diem. Yeah, um, I can't think of the name of that that, that movie right now. I've seen it a hundred times. What movie? The, uh, the one I can't Carpe think Diem, of. The one I can't think of. Dead um, Poets Society. Dead Poets Society. Yeah. Jeez, um, those are um, those were just great dramatic roles. So he had a ton of range. But and, and just that's, that's what I was saying. As we grew up with him, we we saw him as this crazy, like out of control. He's going 160 miles an hour. To all of a sudden, like when he gets he gets these movie roles, and we're like going, "What an awesome actor! He's yeah. so, he's so mature. He's so you know, he, we, like we saw him just grow in, from this crazy young nut to this accomplished actor. That's yeah. just. You know, so powerful. Yeah. To see that, we were lucky to watch that. Yeah. I would say my favorite bit of his stand-up is when he talks about how golf was invented. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Probably another part that can't be played on here, but <laughs> just just the whole idea. He's talking to this Irishman about how he came up. He's like, no, I'm going to invent this game. You know, it's called golf, and he just talks all about. Yeah. And, and when, you, when you listen to it, you're like, yeah, golf doesn't make a lot of sense. I'll <laughs> <laughs> put trees and... Sand in the way, so you can't get it. It's, it's so just, funny. it's hilarious. And of course, with him with that high energy, it's just, it's right. great. That's awesome. And so, his, his, the end of his life kind of broke us. I mean, I think we were all, I, I think we collectively could not believe yeah. that he's not with us no more. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing is he was always so upbeat, positive, whatever. And then, you know, you see things later on that, um, that he, uh, you know, Struggled with depression, though he masked it very well. Right, it's just—it's very sad. Yep. Um, what's your favorite uh, Robin Williams role? Probably Dead Poets Society. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's just—that's got to be my favorite. I think. Yeah, it's probably Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, yeah. I would say mine is probably Goodwill Hunting as well. 
Um, and I know none, none of these are his comic movies. No, <laughs> yeah. his funny ones. Yeah. But I mean, he he was he was drop dead funny. Yeah, just loved him. So uh, good enough for number two on our list. Absolutely. Number one. You know, um, Johnny said something about um, buckwheat a little earlier. I was talking about buckwheat. And I did buckwheat on my show, right? And I, the name buckwheat, I started thinking, right? I'm from a predominantly black family. <laughs> and I have yet to run into a relative named buckwheat at a cookout, you know? You can't just walk off the streets and walk up to somebody and say, Hey, how you doing? My name's Tom. What's yours? Oh, my name Buckwheat, man. Nice to meet you. Yeah, Buckwheat. That's my name. No, I'm serious. Buck, I ain't got no last name. Buckwheat. That's it. I'm serious. You don't believe me? Ain't that right, Stymie? Yeah, here's my brother Stymie over here. And don't leave want you to meet my other brother. Hold on. Farina! Yeah, Buckwheat's and Farina. You know how most people name after their father? Me and Farina would name after their father's favorite breakfast. Buckwheat Sanfarina. My mama named all the kids after Syria, man. That's my little sister over there. Her name's Shredded Wheat. Yeah. And uh, those are my twin brothers over there, Quisp and Quake. Right there. And that's my littlest brother right there. He's a little slower than everybody else. His name is Special K. And, uh... That did. That's my big sister. She a prostitute. Her name is Trix. Stand, stand next to her is my big brother. He's homosexual. His name is Lucky Charms. You might know. <laughs> so, no surprise, number one is Eddie Murphy. Imagine that. Uh, gosh. Matt had said something back when we were doing the SNL um, show a few months ago about, like, these guys formed our sense of humor. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. Eddie Murphy is probably more responsible than anyone. Oh, man. Uh, he would just take some of the things. Like, a- as young kids, like, we really weren't allowed to watch Richard Pryor and George Carlin and stuff. So we kind of saw this this guy on Saturday Night Live that just cracked us up. And later on, we get to hear his comedy albums going, Ooh, he's kind of raunchy too. Yeah. Yeah. But by this time we're teenagers, and right. you know we can get by with you know smuggling tapes in the house. Mm-hmm. Mom and Dad don't know that are the there. red leather. Oh Everybody knows gosh. that red that leather hilarious. suit. Yeah, <laughs> yes. raw, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I I remember when my my first first time I saw I remember seeing Eddie Murphy was him doing Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood oh, on shoot. SNL. Oh my gosh! And I just thought it was so outlandish. Just like, because, you know, we all grew up on Mr. Rogers, mm-hmm. and seeing Eddie Murphy come in there being this ghetto version <gasps> of Mr. Ro- Rogers was just so fun. And Mr. Rogers even thought it was funny. Yeah. Right. So, if he gets a Fred Rogers seal of approval, he's okay in my book. That's very good. But uh, that just, I mean, it just, it cracked me up. I couldn't, I I, I, just, I had had to hear more of this guy, and he started doing Gumby and Buckwheat and all these <laughs> characters. And, oh, and then the stand-up, oh my gosh, Mr. T., Oh, yeah. well, and, and he, he he's translated. He, he, he's become this iconic. He like with the donkey on Shrek. I mean, he's yeah. just every generation loves him. Yep, Doctor Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, yeah. That's... He, he he went from this raunchy 
whatever to now this like kid friendly almost right, kind yeah, of right. uh, persona. Yeah. Which is uh, which is crazy, but uh, he he probably saved SNL. It was it probably would have been canceled. Yeah. Because it was in the the down years. He came in oh, and gosh. it was like he was almost in every sketch. It's like. He's got to be in everything because <laughs> the rest of the cast stinks. Well, we we had Joe Piscopo was the next best guy, right? And it was like, like Eddie Murphy's way up here and Joe Piscopo's way down here, and everyone else is way, way, way down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, it we, and we talked about this before. We went from the classic lineup with Gilda Radner and Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi and these guys to them all leaving the show at the same time, and had this one year cast. It was awful. And they had to try. They brought this new cast in, like you're talking about, and Eddie Murphy leading that cast. He was 19 years old, mm-hmm. and like Kevin said, every every single step out of But man, he he did it well. Yeah, so made quite a career for himself. From there into the movies, and he. So I didn't know this, but he was the biggest box office draw in the 80s. So was he with, really? With, with the movies he came out with in the 80s. All Beverly Hills Cop. Oh yeah, huh. that series and um, Forty Eight Hours, mm-hmm. yeah. Trading Places. Yeah, so he was, was the biggest box office wow. draw in the eighties. I mean, th- that I, I guess it shouldn't surprise me. But if you would have asked me, I would have said oh, maybe like Tom Cruise or something. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of. Him, I would so not yeah. have thought of Eddie that. Murphy. I mean, no, for the living in the eighties page, we're, we're all about the eighties. That's that's a huge, that's a huge pull right there. Yes, that's it is. Interesting fact. Yeah, I had uh, Coming to America in the late 80s, of course, which mm-hmm. wasn't also another big hit. So. Yeah. yeah, he he owned the 80s. He was Mr. 80s. He was the 80s. And yeah. then he had this, this music career. Please don't play a song. Just, <laughs> but he had to... His, oh, we already played it at the intro. Oh, we did? Okay. So, right. yeah. yeah. Oh, you didn't hear some of the lyrics? No, no, we're good. We're good. Okay, okay. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're good. In case they missed it. Oh, for crap. I ain't putting no boogie in nobody's butt. That's nasty, man. What you talking about? Putting boogies in people's butt. You out your mind or something? You go to jail for doing something like that. Well, step aside, my friend. I've been doing it for years. I say, sit on down, open your eyes, and open up your ears. Say, put a tree in your butt, put a, a bubble bee in your butt, put a clock in your butt, put a big rock in your butt. Say, put some fleas in your butt. Say, stop to sneeze. So you you get it. It's about <laughs> three and a half minutes of putting stuff in people's butts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, so, for, thanks great, for sharing that again. Yeah, That's great right. assist by Curtis Blow there. That's who did the rap part of that song. So, yeah, that that's a classic to all of us 80s kids. And Kevin brought up another one, uh, Enough is Enough. So go back and listen to Eddie Money's... Eddie Money? Eddie Money? Yeah, the other guy. Eddie Murphy's first comedy album. He does, a, he does a song called Enough is Enough, originally by Barbara Streisand and Donna Summer. He does it in the style of buckwheat. So Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good stuff. So, um, favorite Eddie Murphy roles? Go. Oh shoot! I mean, I, I, I mm, boy, I don't know. That's, I mean, my tough. first mind goes to Saturday Night Live. You know, Buckley. All the characters. My yeah. good characters of Saturday Night Live. It's probably my first go-to. Uh, but movie-wise, I, I, I mean, shoot, I don't even know. Probably, probably so trading tough. places. I Billy mean, Ray Valentine. He was the name alone. It's great. <laughs> Coming to America, man. Yeah. I, I love yeah. just because of the way he does so many of the characters in yeah. the barbershop. And, I mean, it's just so funny. Yeah. My, my favorite would have to be either Gumby, not Gumby, it would have to be Buckwheat. 
Buckley. Uh, maybe Mr. Robinson. I don't know. Yeah. It's so, so tough. Like but in to. the movies, I think Axel Foley is my favorite. Yeah, yeah but, but man, Billy Ray Valentine's awful funny. Yeah. It's so good, yeah. So it seems like 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 Kevin Hart is like the second coming of yeah Eddie Murphy. I mean, even yeah. for like, not just because he's a black guy that's no, no, no. funny, but he gets people the way Eddie Murphy does. Yeah, he, like the, the live comedy. Because when when, yeah. when Eddie does the stand up, I mean, it's like a production. From a suit to the way he carries it and works the crowd, and, and yeah. if you watch Kevin Hart, I mean, he comes out with the, you know, he's dressed to the nines with his he's leather too, and it, it's the same kind of a feel. I think if anyone is going to be to carry Eddie's torch, it's it's, it's to gonna me, be Kevin, it's Kevin Hart. Hart. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's so funny. I agree. Um, what anything else in an Eddie Eddie Murphy? Okay, so we're gonna round out the rest of these guys that got votes here. Just kind of let us know um, what you think. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay. I thought he would have been number eleven. Yeah. I thought he was hilarious in in you know eighty eight or whatever when that came out. Listening to it now, I'm like, mm, it's, it's not that funny anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he would not play well no. in in this generation. No. If if he was a star, like his, watching Blazing Saddles. Oh, if, if he started his career today with the same material that he did back then. He he would get booed off the, every stage. Oh, and, and the moms would be picketing and. Everything. Oh man, it would it yeah. would not go well. He would, yeah, he was watching. I was never a fan. No, uh, John Candy. I love me some John Candy. He's awesome. I don't think of him as a, as a stand up comedian, but no. man, I just love. I think everything. I think he did have a, a decent stand up routine, but yeah, I don't think of him that way either. I think of the characters he played in the movies. I think he would have been so much fun to hang out with. He, uh, he would have been. He. He just seemed so down to earth. I think he would have been awesome to be around. Yeah, he would yeah. be great. I, I love him in Wally World. Oh, uh, the vacation as yeah. security guard. That's that's just hilarious. Such I, a small role, but so funny. My, my favorite roles either. I liked him in Cool Runnings a lot, mm-hmm. but Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, I think sure. was yeah. his epic moment. But he it. but he almost played that same character in Home Alone. Mm-hmm. It's right. almost you know different names yeah. and stuff, of course, but he definitely played that very similar character. So yep. I liked it. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yep. Again, kind of a, the remember him as is the, the role player, the actor. Yeah. You know, that, he was the Joe Piscopo to John Belushi's Eddie Murphy. I right. Think. Right. He was very funny on his, in his own right. Uh, the, the whole thing with the Blues Brothers was was. Genius, absolutely. And I was watching some videos the other day of um, some of their performances, and they, you know, they were really. I mean, he was a good harmonica they player. Were, yeah, very good. Um, good singing play. They they really surrounded themselves with some good blues musicians to do the movie and tour. They, I mean, they toured. Uh, they were they were great. Um, I loved him in um, Gross Point Blank. Oh yeah. He plays a, a serial killer with a sense of humor. <laughs> so was, right. That was, uh, or not a serial killer, uh, a hired hitman. He yeah. was a serial killer. So that was good. So this next guy, if we did a 90s list, would probably win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the 80s, you know, he was just getting started. Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. I mean, probably go down as one of the, the best comedians, stand-up comedians uh, of all time. Or, or if not the best... In the in the discussion of mm-hmm. you know, he'd be on the mountain more Rushmore with the two, one or two other people. Probably. <laughs> yeah, with at least one. Yeah, at least one other person. Yeah. yeah, he kind of came out with a different kind of humor, the observational humor, where you're like, he would just talk about day to day things, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah, you know, he had a whole stand up 
bit about you know losing a sock and right. and th- that whole thing you know everyone's taking out their laundry and they're missing a sock and everyone's seen a random sock go down the street right he tied all that together and made a joke about it it was pretty funny um, but he did it yeah very late 80s and he, I, I I feel like he's more of a 90s guy like you said I mean, yeah he was but I tell you what that the, the show Seinfeld hard to be hard to be hard to be. Yeah, he uh, <clears throat> he's uh, the show he has out now. The uh, com- uh, getting coffee, comedians getting coffee, or yeah. whatever yeah. It is, or the cars or whatever. Uh, that's that's a great show where he just just talks to comedians and one on one, and that that I mean that's if you, if you're if you're watching this podcast and you really like the comedian stuff, you, you should definitely. Is it on Netflix or is that? Uh, yes, yeah, it on is. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah. You should definitely watch those seasons because he just. I've never watched it. You haven't seriously? No, I see it on there all the time. It's like I don't know how interesting. I mean, it is. It is really good. Like he had Eddie Murphy on. He has everybody on. It's got the Matt seal of approval. Uh, it's. My... It's. I mean, I, I like Cars. I like Seinfeld. I like comedians. So I mean, they just and they literally just he picks up the comedian in a car that represents a comedian. So okay. like like if if it's a he might bring like a. a, a like a six, a bug from the sixties or something for somebody, or like George or, Carlin, or, yeah, or Lamborghini, or I mean, just he has all these. Co- it's just it's great, nice. but they sit and have coffee and talk about comedy. Now, one of them that he did, um, which is one of the few that I've seen, but I thought it was interesting, was it was with Obama, mm-hmm. and he was at the White House, so it shows Jerry Seinfeld like trying to get into a side door into like the Oval Office, and <laughs> no, Obama's kind of looking outside. Like oh, I can't believe Secret Service let this happen. Oh, and then they funny. go out to get in the car, and, and Obama's like, "I'm driving. Like you know, I'm the president. I'm driving." <laughs> and then they pull up, you know, to the gate, and they're like, "You can't leave. You know, you can't just go out." So they're just obviously it's all state. Right. And they're all just driving around That's on the property funny. at the White House. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. It's like yeah. man, you've got some clout when you're getting to oh, go absolutely. meet with the president and. Yeah, we show with him, and he probably. Does. I, I would say in the comedy world, he's probably right now like the grand poobah. I yeah. mean, they look to him for advice, and he's he's like the the professor almost. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. But uh, I guess he didn't make our eighties list. Well, he, he did. He, he did. did. He did. He did. He got close close to to getting a top ten. Yeah. So if we redo this in the nineties. There you go. Next, Gallagher. So. Hmm. He smashes first. He's got weird hair. Yeah, and what universe is Gallagher just a little bit less influential than Jerry Seinfeld? (laughs) Who's the best? Is it Gallagher or Jerry Seinfeld? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Um, we we talked about comedians having shtick. His shtick is that's it, smashing, uh, smashing fruit. Yeah, they all put their they all put their little plastic sheets on the front row, and he smashes watermelon. Here's here's a little something for you guys. So, if it's a song, are you doing a no. song? Are you doing a song? You're, didn't you? I'm just aren't asking. Aren't you? No, stop. Aren't you the one that encouraged me to drop more comedy and I, more songs I, in between I stuff? Did, I you did. think I just I should just wait till you leave and do all this stuff for hours and hours on end? I guess that. Would or can be, you just wait a minute? That would be the professional <laughs> thing to do. But okay. Oh, we can do it. So, way. so here's the thing. So you look at people that voted for Gallagher. Because we can, I can click on it. Oh, let's do it. Let's call him out by name. <laughs> Otis Nice. Oh, oh well, there you go. Yeah. You can stop right there. Otherwise known as Randy Lucille Nelson. <laughs> Hurt by a truck. Hurt by a truck. Don't worry, I won't put that in there. Thank you. Right. Maybe. There we go. Yeah. My name is Randy. I was hurt by a truck. 
Jason Peitzmeyer. Okay. 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 And uh, yeah, those, those are just two of the people okay. that voted for Gallagher. Yeah, that's you know what though, that doesn't surprise me. No, they're both dopes. So, and I also distinctly recall Otis really complaining that Dana Carvey was on the list. Yeah. Yeah. But he voted for Gallagher. But he voted for Gallagher. <laughs> and so, so we, we start going back and forth about Dana Carvey. It's like, well, he's been on SNL, like 86, but he's not funny. Are you kidding me? Dana Carvey the church lady was freaking hilarious. Well, and then what he said was, Garth? And then what he said was, well, I, I said, except for the church lady. I'm like, so you're taking away one of his biggest bits? It's like One of the biggest <laughs> comedy attractions of the 80s right. was was Dana Carvey doing the church. Like, who right. didn't say, isn't that special? Right, that's yeah, special. Like, that, yeah. that, that transcended, you know, pop culture back Dude, in those days. Yeah, and, and Garth, I mean, I don't care when the movie came out, 80s, not, Garth and Wayne... That's just too oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it's foundational. And then the last one here, <coughs> uh, our friend Sean Gill voted for Emo Phillips. Here we go. Emo Phillips is just weird to me. I mean, yeah. he he looked weird, had a little bobbed haircut, all fidgety, acting like he was mental or something, and with an obsession with coleslaw. Yeah, that's, that's what I you know what I recall about. Yeah. And uh, how did he make the list? But there's no Billy Crystal. Come on, man. Billy Crystal, great stand-up, comedy movies, SNL run was great. He even had had a hit record. Don't worry, I'm not playing it. Yeah, I can't believe it. Well, and and we had this conversation before we started. There's also, in our top top 10, or I guess top 15, there's still women mentioned. We we asked, who is the funniest people, who's the comedians in the 80s? Phil was kind of a woman, I think. He was very feminine, yeah. But but I mean but Whoopi Goldberg whether you like her now or not she was hilarious. She was in the funny 80s. back then. Ellen DeGeneres I think she's funny now but she was really funny in the eighties. Yeah. Roseanne can't stand her but boy she was funny in the eighties. Yeah. I mean they, these these women there just those three alone, uh, I mean they, they were definitely trend setting. And I, I think you know hilarious. I think in the case of of Whoopi and Roseanne, um, in and. Probably, um, gosh, uh, even Rosie O'Donnell. Oh yeah, like they have they have been so outspoken on political issues and social issues, and and not in a this is what I believe, but a very they they create a very toxic environment. Like back in those days, they were comedians and they were funny. Yeah, but because of of their, their Platform, modern persona, right. people don't. It's hard to look back fondly on on good work that they did once upon a right. time, and so you know they're they're kind of tainted because of that. And I think Ellen Ellen like everyone adores her, and right. I think part of her thing is because people see her as this talk show host. Uh, you know, even in the '90s, she had her TV show, her sitcom. But man, but her in the '80s, oh. like she was a, she did stand up way before all of that, and she was funny. She yeah, she was voted so. the funniest person in America. I, I forget it's in the '80s, '84, '85. Yeah, yeah. She's just fun. I mean, there was some quality. They didn't get the the love on our on our poll, mm-hmm. but there was some there were some funny ladies in the '80s. Oh, like Jane Curtin. Oh yeah. Like she, I mean, she was doing. I was more '70s, I guess. Yeah. Like Gilda Radner was uh, again more '70s. Yeah, yeah the, the funny ladies, of, like well, Julia Louis Dreyfus. You know, yes. She was on SNL. 
She's in Christmas Vacation. She was very yep. funny. Very, very but funny. But they, they just they just didn't stand out like their male counterparts did too much. Yeah. Uh, like Rosie like, and Barr, uh, you know, ended up having basically the character she played in her stand-up became the, show. Became the domestic right. goddess. Show. Yeah, yeah, the domestic right. goddess. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it worked for. Her. But yeah, we, I, I wanted to mention that because I didn't want someone to listen to us saying. Look at these three guys in a basement talking about just funny guys. And, you know, but but the, the poll was put but, out there. Yeah, we and, went off of the poll. That's right. and, what and, you know, some people voted for. You're right. And the women didn't. The women, women didn't vote for the women. Yeah. Yes, or the, or men, the, women. the men didn't vote for the women either. Yeah, nobody so, did. But they voted for Gallagher and Emo Phillips. <laughs> just saying. I just, you know what? I, I sometimes question our audience. Ah, I do want to give uh, Otis and, and Jason some some uh, some good news. Here we go. Uh, Gallagher lives in Marion, Ohio. Oh, so if they want to go visit him, I'm sure. They can go see. Yeah, you guys can go hang out with him. Yeah. Oh, I bet he would love the company. I bet, you he would, I bet you he would love anybody knowing who he was. Now, one of the funniest things was, if you ever seen on SNL, probably back in the in, uh, probably mid-2000s or whatever, um, Shia LaBeouf doing Gallagher was hilarious. It was on SNL? Yes. I've never oh, seen that. I haven't seen that. that yeah, it's very good. You have to check it out. So, um, there's one guy that me and Kevin were talking about earlier. We're going to close the show out with this guy. Have we touched on everybody we can think of here? Uh, I mean, there's so I many. Think, I think. I mean, look at, look at some of the SNL cast characters that are did, that are yeah. good. But um, there's one guy that just more known for his songs, his music. Well, we forgot Weird Al. Weird Al Yankovic. He's, he's a funny guy. And he was yeah. funny. Dag on your right. Give him a second because he was funny. He got an entire podcast. He's the yes. only person to have got an entire podcast on Living in the 80s so far. Yes, he should at least get a good he mention sh- He should here get a mention here. Because his Yeah, his stuff funny. is really good. Uh, not really stand-up, but definitely funny. Definitely funny. So, um... This guy used to go uh, make the tours of radio stations around the country, uh, promoting his comedy act. He'd be at, like at the Funny Bone and some of these other uh, comedy clubs around the country. Uh, his name's Haywood Banks. Oh, yeah. And he would get on stage, and he would sing these songs, and they're just hilarious. But he did this one. He's holding a toaster with a spoon. That's so So we're going to close out with, with the song Toast. Toast. Um, guys, thank you very much for um, coming this week. Thank, thank you, you for at home us. for listening. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, next week, Matt and I will be back with my wife, Leah, and with uh, Debbie Connor. There it is. So we are going to be talking about the heartthrobs of the 80s. All right. So we've been voting on them. Next week we're going to talk about them. Let's do it. So thank you again, guys. Take care. God bless you. And enjoy the toast. All around the country and coast to coast. People always say, what do you like most? No, I don't want to brag. I don't want to boast. I always tell them I like toast. Yeah, toast. Yeah, toast. When prehistoric guys first drove from the drags, they didn't know what would go with the bacon and the eggs. Must have been an Einstein who got in his head and plugged a toaster in the wall, go buy a bag of bread, make toast. Yeah, toast. Yeah, toast.
Well, I get up in the morning about 6 a.m., have a little jelly, have a little jam. Take a piece of bread, put it in the slot. Push down the lever and the wires get hot. I get toast. Yeah, toast. Yeah, toast. Uh-huh. One night George wasn't home, I went over to his house, I broke in, I went up to his dog and I put little contact lenses in his eyes that had cats on them. <laughs> dog was flipping out all over the place. <laughs> and I took one out and he ran in circles.